Hi, this is Nick Barth. Uh, first episode of Dumbest in the Room. Uh, we're going to skip the fanfare on this one and get right to the questions. We have with us today Joe D. Maria. Went to university with me, and he's calling in from Seattle. I appreciate you coming on, Joe. Hey, Nicky boy. <laughs> hey, how's it going? How's it going, Nick? <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Uh, so, something you got multiple things interesting about you, but the one I want to talk about is. Uh, the Bonderman Fellowship is that is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so let's go. Give us a background on it real quick. Sure. So this there's this uh, fellowship at the University of Washington, exclusive to the school, where there's an American billionaire named David Bonderman, and he made his fortune by owning the low cost airline in Europe. What is it called? Ryanair. He's so, really he owns Ryanair. I did not know that. Yeah, he's like the, he's the largest stakeholder of it. No way. So would you like to Oh, Ryanair is a very interesting topic. Okay, for another time. Keep going. Yeah. But um anyways, so it, he went to the University of Washington for law or something and he also went to I don't know, Harvard or something like this and he won a very similar fellowship when he was in his mid 20s in graduate school and he went traveling with the money. And this was in, I think he started traveling in the 70s. That's when he did it, when he was in the mid his mid-20s. So, I mean, imagine traveling now and back then when he was doing it. Oh, I totally. Mean, yeah, I mean, the guy's writing letters still. Yeah, right? totally, totally different. I, I don't even plan trips. I just show up with a GPS and I'm fine. It's so easy yeah. to travel anywhere with the cell phone now. Even yeah. to a remote place, you can get all your you, needs. Yeah, but, you uh, have Wi-Fi. They have Wi-Fi there. <laughs> so anyways, back on top topic. David Bonderman went on a huge escapade all around the world, and it made such an impression on him. He started investing in foreign markets, and he became, you know, what, the hedge fund guy that we know today is David Bonderman. And so he wanted to give back, and he actually – he's been doing this fellowship for – 20 years and each year there's he opens up a writing contest for seven undergraduate students and then seven graduate students at University of Washington and the winners if he likes the essay they get vetted by a council that he chooses and if they if they like you in the council then they give you $20,000 to just go traveling and the, the only catch is there's a few parameters you have to go alone you have to go for at least eight months continuously, and then you have to go to two different continents and at least six different countries. And the idea is it, they they shouldn't be within Europe or within the United States, anything that's westernized. Okay. So, so was Australia off the off the Australia and New Zealand weren't weren't on the table for you? Yeah, they're really trying to push you towards places that aren't westernized and personally i didn't really want to go there but right 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 now now i do after meeting so many of them yeah yeah don't you and aren't they nice yeah that's three places to stay you know yeah yeah that's how it goes um okay so you did eight how long did you do then so you have to do eight months you did so i left in january of 2016 and yeah i traveled right up until december so just about a year year Just a little. and so you came to you came to brussels at the end of the trip you started in india i don't know what city though yeah i started in chennai india in the southeastern state in uh in the state of tamil nadu 
And so, oh my, what a culture shock. Yeah, right. Was it yeah. was that your first time out of uh United States Canada? Yeah. Oh, well, no, no, no. I went to just south of the border of Texas. Okay. And I went to visit my cousin in Mexico when I was 14 for a few days. That's that's what it barely counts there. So this was your first uh you stepped off the plane and you uh had a bunch of free money and were totally lost. Is that Yeah. Is that the situation well, you're in? All all the money. I think they're I think they've had situations before where people spent it all very fast. So it's released to you in these like stipends, right? Okay. So, so what do you, so uh, I, give me the details. Yeah. What do you, what do you yeah, got? So what do you got? Well, you get a stipend of, so you can take out as much as like $7,000 to start, you know, getting all your shit together, all the visas, all the vac- vaccinations, the plane tickets. But I was a little more pragmatic. I just, I, I used the money some of the money that I saved up from working to buy a lot of those things. And, uh, man, I, I bought so much crap for this fucking trip because I, I don't know what, you know, imagine, put yourself in my shoes. You're a guy who's never really traveled for more than a week at a time going somewhere, probably to another state. That's about, you know, the extent of my traveling, right? I was a very focused career kid. And so I, I did all this research online. I was looking at, Here's a big tip. The backpack I bought was genius. I, I could have, you know, I'd see most of the people when traveling, I, they would have these, you know, 60 liter, yeah. 70 liter yeah. backpacks. Absolutely they, unnecessary. You know, bigger, than sure. a, bigger than two babies put you, together. You could shove children in there. You, you could, in a 65 liter backpack, you could fit way more than two babies. Uh, maybe, a, maybe a full grown person. I don't know. Definitely a full grown person. Definitely. There's no reason for those, uh, for the type of backpacking we're doing. Uh, don't get me wrong. They, I'm sure they have their use if you're doing the Appalachian Trail or one of the one of the big trails. Uh, but so how how big do you have? I have a 35 so I liter. So I settled on 40 liters yeah. for traveling for an indefinite amount of time, and yeah. it really did me well. And you know, so I'm just gonna give you a quick breakdown of the key things you need to buy. Nothing more than a 40 liter backpack. Buy some really nice underwear. Yeah, the ones that'll last you. Buy these things called their ex officio underwear. Holy cow, man. <laughs> this is, man, it's like, it's just like putting, it's just amazing. And then uh, I would say, that's about it. Those are the key things. Good <laughs> underwear done. and a backpack. How many pants do you bring? Two pairs of pants? I brought, I brought one nice pair of, you know, these, like, they're like windbreaker hybrid pants. Who, who Hiking. Who yeah, I went to REI and I explained the situation. Yeah. Some lady came out with these pants and I just bought them. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, things you don't need to worry about. Merino wool is a fucking joke. <laughs> don't, don't, don't ever listen to anyone who's evangelizing Merino wool. You just walk away. All right, I bought two merino wool shirts thinking they're going to last me a lifetime. No, no, they no. ripped within a week. Oh, they ripped within a week. Yeah, yeah, they'll die in the That's... they'll die in the dryer. They're dead in the dryer. You can't was, even I dry couldn't them. believe it. Yeah. So, so anyways, and clothes they get so old after you start traveling for like, you know, you're wearing the same thing yeah. every single week, every day for 6 months, 7 months, you can't wash the stink out. No. So, <laughs> I highly recommend just bringing standard shirts because you'll buy stuff as you go, right? Anyways, those are the little more of the logistics of traveling that I don't think people really talked about. Let's get back to the overview of the trip. So 
I won this unbelievable trip, right? Uh, I, I basically, I was in this really interesting scenario in my life where I was working at Xbox and I was working on this thing called the Xbox Elite Controller. I think it came out and it actually did pretty well. So I was doing basic usability tests and customer acceptance tests on this just to make sure it could go forward to manufacturing and there was nothing really wrong with it. It was an interesting job, but it was a very rote role and I was very confined and I didn't really have a lot of influence over the design as I thought I would. So it was a little disappointing in my my time there. But So I was looking for new things. I just threw out, I threw together an essay that I've been, you know. Yeah, I'm what'd you write of, about? Ah, oh, what'd you write about? So I, I'll share the title, but I was actually asked not to share the content. The content, of the sure, sure, sure. So, so I'll share the title, but it was called Don't Follow Your Dreams. <laughs> and, okay. Yeah, and uh, the, the whole premise is uh, it's more or less kind of ripped off an Alan Watts YouTube video, which the South Park creators uh, illustrated. It's really good, and it uh, basically just describes what how the education – system in the US and I assume most westernized countries how it it trains you to just keep climbing the ladder right and you know anyone with some intelligence sees this right you from from when you're a little kid it's like there's a carrot on a stick in front of you and you're always chasing it from elementary school you're the carrot it's dangled in front of you what is the carrot you don't, you're not even told what it is, and people don't even know what it is now. I don't even know what it is, right? It's like, you're going to want this thing, so you better do well here, so you go to middle school and you do well. You go to middle school, do well here, and you go, you do well in high school, right? You got to prepare for that. Get into a good college, and you'll be getting closer to that thing you want, right? Do well in college. You're like, all right, I can go to graduate school, and then you're almost there, right? You're almost in the workforce, making money, getting closer to the thing. And then you, you graduate graduate school and you get your PhD and you join the field, right? And then you start in your company. And then you got a whole nother 40 years yeah, yeah. of working th through this company. The until rest of your lifetime. Indeed. You did it. You did it. You're Satya Nadella. You're Mark Zuckerberg. You made it. You, wor you, know, you work so hard. And you finally get to this, this thing, this carrot. And you, you take a bite. And it tastes good. It's a good tasting carrot, but it's, you know, you've had this taste before, right? It's, it was, it feels like kind of a letdown because it was all hoax because this thing that you're trained to get, it's, it doesn't exist. Right. And so, and so this is kind of what I wrote about And the dreams, our dreams are a culmination of the ideology we live within, including, you know, what, what our friends think, what the people we idolize now and, and what our parents want us to do. So I, I throw this all into the blanket statement of ideology, right? And so what you think you want to be is is merely a product of the ideology and the ideology that you grow up with. So in order to truly th see something that you want, that you know, you need to evaluate the different ideologies in play so you know it's not you're not just being a product of your ideology. I think it's different now than when we were kids, Nick, because – of the you know pervasiveness of technology and the internet, the world's a little flatter. But uh, which I, I I would argue is a good thing. Uh, but I, I I think okay. So you spelled it out for us. Uh, so that's basically what the essay was about. They evaluated me. I talked. This one guy was from Buffalo, New York, I'm and so I talked to Zira about the uh, Buffalo Bills. 
Okay, that's so, nice. That's nice. You got that going for you. How long was it? Yeah. Let's quantify. Let's quantify uh, your your ideology here. How long was the essay? Uh, it was. So here's the thing. It it could have been any length, and at first it was maybe twelve pages, and then I chopped down eight pages of. I think that I think that's a great choice. Yeah, yeah. Don't and, don't throw don't throw anything over. Geez, over ten atoms. Wild. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I tra- I was trained in philosophy at Fredonia, right? So I just I just wrote their ear off about you know I wrote a philosophical argument within there, and then I was like, this was this is dumb. No one wants to read this. Yeah, yeah, they've got a so, thousand of these to go through. You better you better blessed are the brief, as they say. Okay, cool. So, so anyways, I was vetted, and at, at this time, I'll give you I'll give you a little more context in my life. I was you know I was working at Microsoft, and I was also interviewing full time, right? And so. At this time, it was looking good. I was moving forward with the interviews, and I was really debating, oh, should I take this job? I don't know if I like it. Maybe I should try to move companies. I won this I won this trip, and I'm out, right? I left Seattle, and that was the whole beginning of everything. How, lo- how long do you have how long do you have from winning the uh, the fellowship to standing in in Chennai, India? So let's see i won in june of 2016 2015 and i wanted to finish out my contract at microsoft because i was contracting i didn't want i wanted to leave on good terms so i delayed it until the contract was done which was january okay not bad so you you had a while to prepare for this that's cool yeah which i honestly don't recommend because you end up if you're ever in a transition state make the minimize the amount transitioning because you end up just saying goodbye forever. Yep. Right. Indeed. When you know you're leaving, your heart's already not in it. No, you just you have to you have to rip off the bandaid and just go. Okay. So you why'd you pick India? So I've always uh, actually in Fredonia. I don't know if you remember this professor, is Dale Tuggy. He was there was a big trip that was getting planned to go to India, and I went so far as to get my vaccinations and my passport ready to go on it, but uh, the trip was canceled, and I never got to go, and I always wanted to go. I always thought it was an awesome mix of, uh, I thought Hinduism was fascinating at the time, Buddhism was fascinating, I just wanted to see something vastly different from American culture, so I was ready to go. And it was. Yeah, well, I mean, I gotta describe some things to you. Let me take (laughs) off this, this sweatshirt. Let's let's stay on. I'll I'll try and tell a succinct story, right? Okay. <laughs> Feel free to wander if you I'm, want. I'm bouncing up and down here, but <laughs> that's all right. Okay. All right, lot to I'll, cover. You know, I'll give you I'll give you a nice segue. So, at this time, I was uh, I was learning how to travel. When I landed in Chennai, India, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I was just like a big white target, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? I'm the only white uh, guy in Chennai. Like, I'm the only white guy in Chennai. My first experience being a true minority somewhere. Pretty fun. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? You lived your whole life without experiencing that. Yeah, it was, it's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Right? And so I land in Chennai, India. I'm flying Emirates. Emirates is awesome. Really, really cool flight. Indeed. Watch Watched all three Star Wars prequels and really reevaluated my sentiment towards them. Really, really, what changed? Yeah, yeah. No, I think tell George me. Lucas, I, think that, oh. I think it didn't. Okay, number one, 
the first the Phantom Menace gets a lot of unnecessary crap because of a few YouTube videos, and I think it's a a phenomenal children's action movie. Let's uh, leave it at that. Okay, and <laughs> I'll accept that. The other two, Hayden Christensen, he fucked up. He's never like he just fucked up. He was a bad actor, and and the story is very dark it's very dark and i think it was hard for people to like right who wants to see this kid fall to be darth vader and kill his wife it's just like you know it's some awful stuff man i the the line at the end where he's you know obi-wan i hate you i hate you <laughs> it was you, you know you the, can attribute some of of hayden's uh, abysmal performance to that script though right what can you do with what can you do with that line exactly he did the best he could with his little scrunched up face and fake tears but in the end uh you can't i i, I don't blame the whole thing on him uh, no of course not i but i don't think they're such a massive failure they just don't. They're not as uh, novel and groundbreaking as the originals. Do you like Let's the Do you like the new ones? I I think Rogue One is garbage. I think I will never see a Star Wars movie again after Rogue One. I hated it, and uh, I you know I thought the the earlier one, what Episode Seven, Force Awakens, yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was fine. Well told story. I think Rogue One is cashing in on Star Wars fever. I know what Disney's trying to do. They're trying to make these. They're Pumping out these Star Wars movies so they're a Christmas tradition for ugh, ugh. I'm not so gonna... I, I'm actually uh, indeed I'm okay with that because it's content I want to see. Uh, I'm totally okay with Disney pimping it as much. So if I, I wish that there was something I liked that came out with the frequency that the Marvel movies do, right? Like that would make my day if once every six months uh, something I was really interested in had a had two hundred million dollar movie made about it, right? That would make my day. So I'm I'm okay with Disney cashing out. Maybe you need to you need to wait until you're on a plane uh, with the little small screen to really <laughs> to really appreciate. Hey, I watched The Revenant on a plane with a small screen. So did Great I. I watched the, I watched The Revenant on. It was a good plane movie it, because it's unnecessarily long. So it like kind of. It worked with my. I don't think the length is unnecessary. That's where we differ. It worked. It worked with the torture I felt on that plane. How about that? <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I'm crushed I, in on a fucking flight in China. You know, I could Guang, Guangzhou going to Guangzhou, middle of nowhere. Yeah, China. sure, sure. Where'd you go? Where from Guangzhou? I mean, I was going to Weijian, some suburb of Chung, Chengdu. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, you, so you hit India. You're the only white guy there. All right, so I land in India, and I'm going to tell you the story of how I learned how to travel, right? So I hit India, and I get off the plane, and the customs guy is like, what are you doing here? Why are you alone? I was like, you know, to be honest with you, I won this trip, and I won a bunch of money, and I just really wanted to go to India. And he's like, all right, well, have a good time. Like, he says, don't do anything I wouldn't do. You know, that's something my dad says to me. Yeah. And this this is the truth, I'm telling you. I was like, what the fuck, man? Weird signs are coming to me right now. Anyways, so... I get off and I'm walking through the airport, collect myself, take a piss, you know, slick back my hair a little bit. Yeah, looking good. And, yeah, I walk outside and I shit you not, it's 1.30 in the morning. That's when the flight landed. It was late. And there is a mob of people, a mob of Indian people outside screaming to potential people, you know, people they know. But most of them are just male taxi drivers, like these seedy, CDS male Indian guys. You know them. Smoking, I know them. Smoking cigarettes smoking cigarettes man yeah yeah so 
So I get surrounded and I try to go back inside the airport and they don't let me in. And I was like, oh, all right. And so I just get surrounded. Sure, 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 sure. Please, please let me, you know, tuk tuk, tuk tuk, tuk tuk. Yeah. And I just, oh, they tuk tuk, sir. And so I go and I sit down and, you know, they surround me and I, I pull out my Google Maps isn't working, even oh. though it should, it should have been. <laughs> and so I have the address, though. I wrote it down and I was like, look, guys. I'm going to give someone 20 American dollars if if they can take me to this address. No right? way. In, in English, what, I didn't know what are, I meant. It was 1.30 in the morning flying all day. Are you trying to never... start bum fights, man? What are you doing? And so, <laughs> and so um, you know, this guy, they're all point to this guy. They're like, yeah, let him take you. So I get in the car and, and I'm, you know, I, I read up on how to deal with the Indian tuk-tuk drivers not really though i mean i read like three blog articles yeah right and, right, so, right and so i like confirmed the address i'm like yeah you know where you're going he's like oh, i know where i'm going like and so we get in the car and it's 1 30 but it looks packed man and i'm i'm flying through india i have the window down because it's hot and i'm i just start smelling stuff and most of it is not good smelling there's it's just garbage everywhere and we're flying through these streets getting into the town of chennai and the first thing I really noticed is how dirty and congested it is, right? There are just so many people, even out at 1.30 a.m., right, in this in a, a large city in India, right? So we're going, and he's like, oh, let me take you to, let me take you to my cousin's house, right? You'll like it yeah, much better. Yeah, classic, than classic. And I'm like, no. No, nah, I don't want to go to your cousin's house, yeah. I was like, I don't want to go. And he goes, no, 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 you'll really love it. And I go, no, no. I go, please, sir. Just get me to this address. I've been flying all day, please, right? And so he like he's like, all right, give me your phone. He parks the car, takes my phone out, takes my phone, and then just walks out of the car, right? And I don't know where he's going. So he's got my phone, and I'm just sitting there in the back of a car, my first time in the country, phoneless, don't know where the fuck I am. I have no idea how to get to the hostel, and I'm just my, you know, basically my whole navigation is based on this dude. And what does he do? He's, he's chatting with some old guy, smokes two cigarettes, not one, two cigarettes, drinks a coffee, gets back in the car, and he uh, and he figured out where to go, you know, to give him credit. But why did he need my phone? He could have just taken down the address. Anyways, so I make it to the hostel. It's my first time in the hostel. I check in. I go to sleep, and this uh, Turkish girl... She like could smell my nationality. Maybe it's my voice or whatever. Or, you know, it's, your, it's your voice. That's what it is. And she, <laughs> That's how she it goes. goes, oh, you know, oh, what are you, American? You know, she, yeah. she, you know how there's like some sheets at the hostel? She peeks in through the sheets. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I was like, this is my first time traveling. Right? I just opened up to her. I was like, I've never been anywhere besides the U.S. It's pretty awesome. And she goes, and she's like, you look afraid. And I was <laughs> like, I and I go, well, I'm, I think I'm just pretty tired. I don't know if I'm afraid. I go, it's a little shocking to be in a new country with a lot of new things. And she goes, well, there's nothing to be afraid of because you're a man. And I go, I, I know. <laughs> like, hey, great, yeah. It's yeah, and, documented. And and then she, you know, she just keeps telling me these things about Turkey, and I'm not listening. I just got off the plate, so I I just I clo I end up like, all right, I gotta go to bed. So the next day I wake up and I start walking around Chennai, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know if you've ever been on just embarked on a huge journey with no endpoint, and you're like, all right, how do I even start? How do I start traveling? This is where I was at. So. You know, my tech savvy mind, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna start a bunch of places on Google Maps. 
and then I'm going to get out and see these places. Like a big checklist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my initial thinking. And so what, 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 what does TripAdvisor tell you to do there? What's the number one there? It's like, uh, you know, it's like go visit some temple. Yeah. Right? Temples, temples. Yeah. Go check out this temple. Seven of the top see, ten are you'll temples. You'll never see anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You'll never see anywhere else ever. This temple is better than the next one. Anyways. So I start walking around and I check out this little temple near us. And my my GPS still isn't working, and so I just have the map, and I'm trying to figure out oh, is this the right way. And so I go check out. I take a few pictures. I watch some people doing some chants and rituals. It's pretty nice. And I really let Chennai soak into me. Like really let me set you the scene. The streets are they were di- they were dirty, but it, in terms of dirt, it's just this brown dusty dirt, like an old west town. The sun comes shining in. There's palm trees and these tropical trees. And it's a hot day. We're talking 40 degrees Celsius. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's, and, that's smoking. And I'm, I'm like, all right. Well, so I start walking around, and then I, I go try and get some breakfast. No one speaks any English, and it's expected. I'm in a foreign country. I, I don't want them to speak English to me. Right? I want to try and figure it out. I just point to what this guy's having. There's a guy sitting down there. I was like, I want what he's having. I get it pretty good for my first Indian breakfast. I'm, you know, I take a picture. I'm like, I'm feel like I'm really doing it. Right. I'm, I'm traveling now. This is how you do. <laughs> so, uh, you made it. so I, you know, I walk around a little more and I get horribly lost. I get awfully lost. I have no idea where I am. And I end up in the slums. Right. And in these, man, I, I wish I could accompany some pictures to show you in these slums are, um, it's just dirty. It's houses made out of garbage. Yeah. It's, you know, stray dogs running around here everywhere. It's, you know, a dead body. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is this is India, right? This is this is what people have to live with, right? Their houses are made out of garbage. They they all look like these weird skeletons because they're famished. It, it was just intense, right? It's something dead bodies on the ground. I just something I've never really seen before. And I so, can't say I've seen that as well. And so the the lasting image that really stuck in my mind was when I was, you know, I finally am finding my way out and I have this awful smell. And what do I see but a giant pile of shit? And it man, in that pile was cow shit, dog shit, monkey shit, elephant shit, camel shit, <laughs> and human and human shit, right? And it's just something I'll never forget. It was uh, it was utterly grotesque. And I couldn't – it was just so, so different from my whole life's experience. I, I almost couldn't believe yeah. this, was re- this was real. Yeah, this, the surreal moments are fun. You're standing there and you don't think that it's even possible. Yeah. I was like, man, this is – some people live and die this way. Yeah, right? and it, it passes that level of like, uh, oh, I feel like I'm in a movie. At that point, you're like, I don't feel like I'm in a movie. I don't feel like this is anywhere. This has never been – seen before i guess yeah interesting yeah so you know this is that's how i felt and uh at this point i'm sunburned i i'm stupid i didn't put on any <laughs> you're sunburned it's the morning it was confiscated by this tsa whatever it's the and morning so, yeah and so i i had back i sleep it off and i'm super jet lagged and whatever yeah. and i i go out i get dinner and i take the rest of the day off next thing next day i meet this guy named shalev and he's originally from Israel, but he was 
going to school in California, and he he started off on a big epic trip. You know, he didn't have to win a fellowship for it, but it's something he always wanted to do. He was a little more experienced in traveling, and we walked around the city, had a great time, went to the beach, you know, messed around with locals, and we liked it so much that we're like, yeah, let's get the hell out of here. And so we combined forces, and we hired this tuk-tuk driver for to take us down to the next town, which is like maybe three hours away, right? The okay. distance between Buffalo to Syracuse. Sure. And, uh, you know, along the way, we start stopping at all these awesome attractions along the way uh, down the – it's called the East Coast Road of India. And we go to an artist's commune in India, which very is very cool. interesting because you don't get to see too much art coming out of India. A lot of it – a lot of the art is representations of the, you know, the Hindu gods. Right. So this was a little more abstract and – I actually met one of the artists there. He used to live in Seattle and teach at University of Washington, and we had a nice talk. And then afterwards, we went on to a muse, a, a famous museum in India. I'm not, it's not really sure what it's called. It's a, it's in traditional language, but uh, there was uh, artifacts from each of the cultures and different areas of India conglomerated here, and you got to see a really nice overview of all the ancient architecture, ancient artifacts, and ancient art that was made by, you know, ancient Indians. It, then it, That's very interesting because people often assume, I find, that uh, India is like some sort of monoculture, uh, when in fact, how many languages do they speak? 28? 28 yeah, in India? Yeah. There's, it used to be way more. Now it's conglomerated, but uh, yeah, each well, region, I, that's, each state speaks a different language. And that's why they speak English, because half of them can only communicate with English to each other, to their neighbors and whatnot, which I, I, I didn't know. Uh, that's not what I assumed, I guess, growing up. Yeah. No, it's the same with me. I thought that everyone just spoke Hindi. Yeah, right? I thought it was. I thought it's, it was. A, yeah, exactly. You know, you, so but actually English is typically more common than Hindi. So indeed, it was a really right? yeah. it was a nice place to start off because of the English. English was so prevalent. Right. And so uh you know, I kept going down this road, and then we made it to the first real, uh, I would say, next destination. It was a resort town called Mahabalipuram, and in this place, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's some really cool old ancient ruins, and it's a resort town for the French because it's close to a former French territory, Pondicherry. And I stay here. I surf here. You know, I'm drinking beers. We meet some girls. We, we party with the locals. Um, and now this is it. I'm like, yeah, I'm traveling. This is really it, right? I, f I met a part. I met this guy. We're we're hanging out. We're having a great time. I'm doing all the things that I want to do, and so I'm I'm going. And then next town, we go to the place called Pondicherry, and this is a very interesting place in India because it's one of the only places that speaks French, and you can get a steak and wine here, right? And most of India, you're not you're not eating any meat. Unless yeah, you go right. to a Muslim region, right? right. Because the, the cow is sacred, but you know French trumps, <laughs> for lack of a better word, sure. in that in that area. And so then, here I kind of freaked out because I've been traveling with Shalev for almost a little over a week, maybe ten days. I've been traveling with him, and I'm like, I can't keep. I was following him. I was letting him really guide this because I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And I was like, I can't keep following this guy i think that's right? a great decision yeah no but so, it, it, it was nice to have right because it, it taught me a yeah, lot yeah, yeah yeah and so i i had to leave him he found some you know he was couch surfing and he found some girl there and i was hanging out at the french 
like a little homestay. It was pretty awesome, right? But it was time for me to leave. And so my next destination I sought out was a town called Trichy because I really wanted to go to this rock fortress. It's a rock fortress temple that dominates the town, right? Cool. On a hill? Like, up on a hill? Yeah. yeah. And it it's all up on a hill. And uh, and so I go there, and I hate this town. This <laughs> this town just sucked, man. It was dirty, stinky, smelly, congested. And everyone – it was just like, you know, it was like the New Jersey of India. I don't – Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't I didn't enjoy it. And so, you know, I – I was like, I could, number one, I didn't enjoy it because I came here without a hotel reservation, right? Or a hostel reservation. Yeah. There's no hostels there. And there was a big event happening in the city the next day and all the hotels were sold out and I had to splurge and spend money on a, a special hotel. Oh yeah. Only in, nice yeah, hotel. It only costed uh, $35 for one night. But, right. But that's, you know, that's compared to the yeah, $5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's paying. a lot. That's a lot in India for sure. So I immediately leave the next day after I see the Rock Fortress. I'm like, I'm out of here. Then I go to another big city called Madurai, and this is a temple city. And I got here, and I didn't like this place either. It was the place I tried to get swindled the most, most attempts to swindle me, right? Most no. attempts to scam me. Were How many here. times were you swindled? <sighs> I just, man, you have no idea. I fell for some things that seemed obvious. <laughs> really? Right? Really? You made You made the big mistakes. That's okay. Well, you learned from them. Yeah, man, I did. I did things where you know, oh, you should call me to my brother's shop. You know, he's just starting. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then I, course. I just they just pushed the the clothes on you, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll buy some. Like, here's five bucks, whatever. But, anyways, so I I thought the city was really cool because I had this hotel that overlooked these. There's these four towering temples, and there's a courtyard within these temples, right? It was pretty cool to look at, but th th besides that, there was not much there. There was a cool little suite called Jigartanda, and that was fun to drink. But I was, I just kept on thinking, I need to leave the city. I need to get into nature. So I take this epic bus ride that was seven hours up into the mountains to this place called Kota Canal, right? And at this point, I get up to there, and I stay in this hostel. I book it, and I get in there, and there's no one there. There's no one at the hostel, and... I was like, man, this sucks. Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to keep doing this? Am I just going to keep starring places on Google Maps and going there and taking a picture? And I really had almost a moment where I was just, I was done, right? I took the day off and I really thought about it. And I was like, I don't want to be here traveling. I'm not made for traveling. These were my thoughts. Um, and so. Do you consider going home? I did. I called my mom. Really? Yeah, I called my mom and I said, Hey, I'm I'm leaving India and I'm I'm done with this trip. I don't like it. Uh, it was like, I'm not really? made for travel. Oh, that's yeah. okay. That's some serious doubts then. Yeah, and so she's like, "All right, well, she's like, what do you want for dinner?" And then, you know, make the ravioli. Make the ravioli. Okay, nice. What cheese? Yeah, it's Very my nice. favorite. Very nice. And so, uh, and the day before I was gonna leave, I took a really long walk. I took a four-hour mountain walk. That's just up the mountain to this monastery and normally when you go to these monasteries it's just old indian people but who do i see there but this bald white guy looking at me and he comes to talk to me right almost it's almost out of a movie right the way it worked here and he's like he goes what's wrong he goes you're all alone you look concerned and i start talking to him about you know telling him my my serious worries about traveling i'm like i don't know what to do i'm not getting the 
the cultural exchange I want. I feel like some things are coming off as inauthentic because I'm just blasting through these places. Like I, I see all these places on Google Maps and I take a picture and it's just not fun anymore. I don't, I don't feel like I'm getting a lot out of it. I'm just going to leave. And he gave me some actually real advice. He said, you know, he goes, for the next place you go, he goes, don't go home yet because you can't even get to an airport from here, right? There's no close airport. <laughs> okay, practical, next- practical and deep. I like it. Yeah, he goes, for the next place you go, he goes, go to this place called Munar, stay in my buddy's guest house for at least a week. And he goes, stay the full week. He goes, even if you've seen everything there and there's nothing to do, he goes, stay there. And he goes, start going to the same coffee shop every day. He goes, really try to imagine yourself and really emulate living here, right? He goes, Things will open up to you. He goes, this is he goes, this is how you travel when you start to stay there and really live like the people. And so I did just that. I went to this place called Munar and I stayed there about 10 days, right? And I went to the same place for breakfast. I got to know this family that cooked breakfast. They they noticed I was there for a long time. They took me on this epic Jeep ride through the mountains. And Munar, it's a mountainous region with all tea leaves planted along the mountains. Oh, be- beautiful smelling then? Yeah, it was, it, you know, it, was, it wasn't dirty. It was just, and this is where everything opened up to me, right? So I started staying there. I went on these hikes daily through the tea leaves. I I picked tea leaves just for for the fuck of it, right? Yeah. Just to see what people really lived like. How was the tea? I, uh, delicious, man. Yeah. Fresh tea. There's nothing better. And then, uh, and then you know, I met, I met a girl there from England and, you know, little love, whatever. <laughs> so... <laughs> And uh, and then I met, you know, from there on, I met more people. I met a really influential guy from Greece and his girlfriend. And from there on out, I just started chaining these people and staying in places longer. And it, I was unstoppable. And I felt like a snowball that just kept on growing and growing. And I could never, I was never alone, right? People always wanted to be with me traveling and I just started to do, basically, I started to change my lifestyle into this place where I was doing anything I wanted to do every single day, and it just energized me, and it, it really opened up my perspective on how there's different ways to live life, right? There's not, you don't just have to live within the routine. There's, you can live a life without routine, right? And time, the passage of time is different. It was just a very fascinating amazing time where I got to see the whole world and so many things. And so that's really how I learned how to travel and my story of how I, you know, I came to this breaking moment and then I, you know, I resolved it by staying in a bit longer, talking to more people, interacting, living like the locals live. Well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you didn't head back. Obviously that, that would be a terrible story. Uh, and <laughs> you would not have grown anymore. You would have just gone back, yeah. uh, and, and played Dota too. And, yeah. to- and totally sucked indeed. And instead you had some bald guy on a mountain telling you, uh, you look worried and you got to fix it. And you did. So you figured out, uh, I guess how to travel. Did you stop getting swindled? Uh, that that came with more experience. Yeah, okay, that that kept happening. Um, yeah. Okay, so let me, I'll how, give you a breakdown of just some of the highlights of the trip now, right? Go for it. So now that you know how I know how to travel, some of the things I did were I learned how to play sitar in the holy city of Varanasi, India, for a month, right? 
I fought off monkeys deep in Uttar Pradesh, right? That surrounded me. I uh, I climbed a Nepali eight-day trek to the birthplace of Lord Shiva. It's called Gosaikunda, and it's a frozen lake, and I took a dip in it, so I'll go to Nirvana. Most excellent. I, Can you see it there, I, bud? Yeah, right? Join me. And then I, uh, I stayed on a private five-kilometer-long beach in the jungles of Myanmar. It's really awesome. I stayed there for weeks. I, uh, I got mugged in Myanmar, and uh, I stopped a drunk bus driver in Myanmar. I, spent, I, flew out, I flew into Thailand, and I spent a lot of time with my mother and sister, and I got to travel with them for a little bit, which was very different than what I was used to doing. I got to. I bought a motorcycle, an old Honda, and I rode through the entirety of Vietnam on it. I helped a, uh, a young Chinese girl open up a cafe for international language learners, right? And I, I ended up working there for a week or two. And then I rode the train. I went to Mongolia and learned how to ride horses. I lived with the Tibetans. I went to Japan, got to check out the crazy culture out there. And then I. I went all through Russia on the Trans-Siberian. And then from there on out, that's when I went into Europe and just saw the places I always heard about. Right? Where'd you go in Europe? I, I don't actually know. So you, you, you ended I the trans too many places. You I ended the Trans-Siberian uh, in Moscow? Yes. And then I went up to St. Petersburg and I stayed there for you know over a month. But uh, in Europe, I ended up going to Prague, Paris, Brussels, and Ireland. Okay, cool. And so you you went to you went to all these places, and obviously you learned a bunch uh, uh, about these cultures. Uh, what what do you? How do you think it made you better? Like are you you're better. You think you're better uh, than before you left. Obviously, uh, you've been you said that, and so why? All right, I think I'm better. It's because I'm I'm more confident with navigating the world and people. I, you have to you have to be able to get the things you want to get, and you have to be assertive. And there's no no better training than just doing it every day to advocate for yourself, right? And this this was the biggest thing. I would say another thing that really opened up my perspective was uh, there's you can ex we can expatriate expatriate as Americans go live in another country and be also very successful, right? I didn't really think about this before. I mean, you, I know you're you're doing it, but indeed, you met a lot of expats. Uh, I met a few, uh, not so many Americans. There's not. No, there awful. there isn't a lot of Americans anywhere I go. I I, I don't see a lot of Americans. Uh, yeah. And which... then when you do see one, it's always a hesitant experience because it's like a it was you know, mixed bag. It was you on your first week, or something like that, where uh... or Dingus Jones the third. Yeah, you know? yeah, you, you get the. Although you don't even get a lot of the bros, it's not like the Australians. You don't even see a lot of the bros. Um, it's I, I just don't see a lot. I've seen a decent amount of a couple Americans, right? Where it's like I'm gonna be with my boyfriend for the rest of my life, or this guy who's like, yeah, I'm just here because of a, you know, Shannon wants to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's like, it's, right. it's our honeymoon. It's our honeymoon. Yeah. She wanted to go to Paris. Um, and, no, no, it's Thailand. Yeah, we're just here for the full moon party. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. That's okay. That's that's a good party. I'm not going to denigrate that experience. Oh, no, I mean, you shouldn't, but we're classic Americans doing it. Anyways, I'll get back on track to what I was talking about. So 
the way it really opened it up is I'll give you a metaphor. It, you know, in terms of role playing games such as Skyrim, there's so many different ways you can create your character, right? There's all these different perks that you can buy in the skill tree as you level up and and you can do really whatever you want. But there's an interesting thing happens where is if you just pick random skills, right, to level up in, you'll never go deep enough into the tree to really be a powerful character and really just like Indeed. pwn, right? To pwn new. So I think the way we move forward in our career in life is kind of the same. You need you need to go deeper into, for lack of a better word, a skill tree and really make yourself, you know, a master within this skill tree and i when when i started traveling i saw the world very differently than this i i got these opportunities in china where i could go live there and teach there and i could be making yeah almost yeah. And, $60, and that's living like a king a year, in china right? as well yeah and and they're accommodation paying for your, yeah. your housing yeah so it was, this is after it, taxes right yep, and i'm talking yep. about american dollars like so the the way you can lead your life doesn't have to depend on America, right? There's opportunities all over the world, and now it's easier than ever. Globalization, with the of course. You know, tech, globalization and technology, the internet in specific. So, anyways, that's that's another way. And then the last way was uh, it was a, a real difference in the passage of time, and. Uh, I'll give you a few more examples where Monday through fr Monday through Friday, you wait for the weekend, yeah. more or less. Of course. Right? And then you have two days on the weekend, and you wait for Monday through Friday. And it's like uh, – and this is the way I always yeah. lived growing up. Right? Oh, every, everyone does. Routine. It's school. The weekends, it's compulsory. The weekends are special. After the third month of not doing anything, right, of just doing what you want to do, there there are no special days like the weekends. Every single day is either one of three days. It's either a Saturday, a Sunday, or a Monday. A Saturday being is you're in a new place, you got energy, you're out, you can go out with people, you can do whatever the hell you want. You do it. A Sunday is you're in a new place, but you don't have energy and you're not going anywhere, so you just chill out, read a book, watch a movie, do whatever. Monday, you're traveling, right? It's a wash. So, and, and the experience of this, Right. This this plays into how time passes because these three days are always happening. Time moves slowly. This trip, while it was only a year, it felt like so much more. It, and it could be muddled up with all the new experiences I had. But I really think a lot of it's due to the passage of my routine. Right. It's different. And when I'm in the routine, it moves by because I'm always waiting for the next thing. So, okay, the second, I, I really like the, the third, the third thing you said about uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, that makes sense to me. Uh, you, you lose, you lose the four days of, of boring, uh, tedious stuff, and you're, you're just dealing with those three things. That makes sense to me. The second one, I didn't quite follow you. So you, what are you doing now? So you've gotten back, you've traveled, so you think you've expanded your knowledge, you're, you're a bit more well-rounded, more general, and now you want to dive deeply into a topic? Well, I mean, I think my motivations now coming back from all these experiences are I want to – I basically want – I need yeah. money is 
yeah, yeah, is that's an a unfortunate reality. necessity yep. of life, right? I took out, you I took out student loans. You can't loans always get $20,000 traveling scholarships, indeed. No, you can't. And, you know, my parents co-signed these loans, and I'm going to pay them off so they don't have to deal with it. Of I'm course. Not, I can't just avoid that because my parents aren't going to leave. So that's my goal right now is to get my financial situation stable. And after that, I would – man – I'm not going to lie. I'm trying to, to, to make more influence within America. I think, I think we need to, I think there, to quote Sam Harris, right? There is a, a war of ideas happening right now and I'm trying to be on the front lines, right? I'm trying to, to reach out to other communities and, and talk with people. I've been doing it through Skype lately. I've been trying to talk with people about, you know, progress, trying to help people out in terms of getting a better education, right? Doing a little bit of mentoring on how to get into graduate school. And I think it's really important that we start opening up the conversation or else we're just going to be left with, you know, shitty people in charge because people can't make a good decision. So I'm really looking to build more influence within, within your community the and US, helping, helping right? at home to you. So you've, you've, tr you've traveled the world yeah. and you want to come back and, and just help those around you, which is uh, actually almost identical to how I feel. Uh, I, I thought that when I was leaving, uh, uh, the first time that I wasn't going to meet, I thought everyone was, since everyone was better educated, uh, in let's say Europe or, or Korea, uh, that they would be more interesting, a, and smarter and making better decisions uh, but it turns out we're all just animals all over the world we we couldn't make a good decision uh, we consistently can't uh, in the face of of logic we choose instinctually based on whatever our gut feeling is and i think it doesn't matter where you're helping everyone needs it everywhere so uh, I, I want to go back to where I'm from and contribute there. And for you at Seattle, I'm not sure exactly where I'll be, but I, I think I'll have to be in the United States eventually. I feel the same way. I don't, I don't even think it's necessarily Seattle because I think the only way to change this country is to start working yeah, towards that's the middle certainly, of it. That's right? a great point. In, yeah. in Seattle, You're I'm in a big-ass exactly. bubble, man. People, people don't they, – they couldn't conceive – of anyone yeah, voting for Donald indeed. Trump or something like that, right? And I'm like, dude, my it's like my my grandfather did like and it's like how could he? You know, he's a and it's there's just so much I feel like there's so much explain, explaining and frontline talk yep. that needs to happen and and you got to be a leader and I think the most important part the things that I'm trying to work on, I didn't do a good job in this interview, but I'm trying to be a better listener. I'm trying to really open up to the yeah. to everyone right and that's you're going to be them. you're going to be working just on that for the rest of your life uh, as we all are yeah. yeah i hear you brother man <laughs> and yeah so i i think that's super important that we the rural communities in america is is what we need we're we're only getting more global and more uh city centered more urban so yeah, I think it, none of the coast. You're right. None of the coasts uh, really have this problem. You have to go. You have to look inwards. And so the thing that makes me think: How can we move forward, right, as a country, where we're looking? 
I don't my my fears of America have have started to come true. We are ultimately run as an independent business state, right? We are just the the furthest evolution of capitalism, right? The furthest and furthest kind of lost evolution our way. of capitalism that we've seen thus far. Yes, right. There's that's this is what we know. At least this is this is what I see, right? And and I feel like we've almost lost our way as as in the people we elect don't necessarily represent us or and there's dis, disinformation as to what we should do and who people should vote for and who they should like and it's I just it's very hard for me to see a, a positive way forward right now. I, I, I'm wondering how you can see a positive oh, I way I think the, the politicalization uh, that's happening is wonderful. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Uh, I think people are talking. Granted, it's, it's been polarizing, but that won't last forever. Hatred burns out. Like the, you can't, I'm not going to stay mad at a person for infinity years, and if you are, then you're probably irredeemable anyways. So... I think that the the activists on both sides, I'm happy with them. They're they're engaged in trying trying to see their vision of a better world moving forward, which uh, we're working out the kinks. That's how it's been. That's how government's always been. Five hundred years ago, we had monarchs, right? Uh, we're working out the kinks, and it's the same with capitalism too. I don't, we're not in the end game. This isn't the end game, right? We're figuring out what works and what doesn't through trial and error as we figure out everything and that's how we're going to keep going so no i i don't see us wiping ourselves out uh, i don't think we're even capable of it to be honest with you uh, so i anything short of a, a solar flare or a grand cosmic event i think we're ju we're going to do just fine in the long run I, I think you're right, but there's something that needs to be addressed in terms of population studies. I mean, it's been seen across almost all animal species that population growth pretty much grows exponentially into a certain level, and then from which it just drops off, either due to lack of resources or whatever. And I can totally see that happening with humans, man. Pop At least... I, don't know. I think what, that's what certainly think correct. This? Population drop-off isn't the end of humanity. I'm I'm absolutely in favor of that. I think it's necessary and it will happen, right? I think as we grow more advanced, uh, we're and by advanced, I, I generally mean educated and wealthy and living in comfort. Uh, we're, our desire and need for children goes down. Uh, so I'm not it's seen in all it's seen in the western world and i think as I, I don't think the status quo between the western world and everyone else is gonna be maintained indefinitely i hope not at least uh i'm i'm sad to see that so many people are complacent with half the world living in extreme poverty uh, i i think that's a little strange and it's hard for us as individuals to do something about it but as you said earlier it's person by person right People say organizations have to change, blah, 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 Republicans have to change, Democrats have to change, but it's not the organization, it's pe it's the people in the organization. And you're right, it's grassroots. It's got to be changed person by person. Uh, we, we, have to, we have to change opinions and keep learning, yeah. I think so too. And I think there should be what you're talking about right there changing someone's life there needs to be more of an evangelization of this where we i think we in america and i think in a lot of other countries teach 
people who teach children, especially in elementary school, middle school, and high school, it's more of looked as, you know, there's always this shit saying, if you can't do, yeah. you teach, right? I think that, I, I agree. That I, think I we, don't like to use the expression shit saying, uh, too much alliteration, but that is a shit saying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. And I think those people, they are on the front yeah, lines who are you, of ideas. Who are you influenced by? They're the who one. are you influenced by growing up? I, I bet you there was a teacher in there somewhere. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I don't even care what subject they're teaching as long as they're uh, good. Anyone can teach any of the subjects. That's not really the point. The The point is to engage with the children and get them excited about something, right? It, it doesn't matter if it's math. It doesn't matter if it's learning accounting, right? They're, the point is to engage, yeah. get them, get even us, right? Me learning right now, obviously, I'd rather be engaged than not. Uh, I, I think that's a, it's extremely hard. Yeah, I think the whole point of, yeah, I think the whole point of school is, and teaching is to help the person, the, you know, the student to transcend their current knowledge or transcend themselves in some way, become better than what they were, right? But I don't know. I think we might no, be getting that's a little okay. off that's, topic. Uh, so <laughs> I, I really, uh, I don't, want uh, a specific topic i think yeah, i'll just see where it goes because that's fine uh, and that's how we learn we're talking about what we want to talk about and that's okay i i have a question for you maybe it's a have you ever seen this movie i just saw this movie it's one of my favorites in the world it's called buffalo i have 66. not seen buffalo have 66 seen i know what it's about though and i know that it was filmed in buffalo uh, and i heard it's good so who's the who's the it's boyfriend and a girlfriend, right? No, 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 no. It's not. It's uh, it's written and directed by this uh, kind of cult actor, writer, artist. I was, re- I was really good about not using the theater uh, this entire time, but now I have to look this up. And look, look him up, look him up. And so he, you know, he wrote this awesome movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I think this is this is what I thought yeah. it was. It features Christina Ricci and utterly hilarious, dark comedy, and amazing love story. I really just – I think it's a movie that transcends that transcends the pop culture of the time. I think it's just – I think it's a masterpiece and probably my favorite movie. Uh, but I think – okay, so check, I, so check I'm it interested. Out. And I, I say this a lot because I like being a dipshit, but – I don't think they're. Uh, I, I I ask people to list the names of good movies in the '90s, and people get like six usually. They can pull out six, and then after six, you're down into like flubber territory and shit. Uh, because right, right, you're right. So that's where you're stuck. Yeah. Because they're you. Yeah, you're saying Billy Madison, right? Because what else? Are, oh boy. Hey, which let's go see if you can drop. This will be the, this was the last question for you. We we broached our our time limit here. Uh, let's see if you can name six. Do six good movies. In the 90s. Oh, man. You're really stretching my uh, knowledge you, here. You just named one of them. I'll give you Buffalo 66. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, yeah, but you give, got give the benefit of the doubt it. on it. Dude, I don't, I don't even know. Fight Club? I, it came out in the 90s. Okay. Yes. Well, Fight Club's pretty good. I would say... Uh, well, the Little the Mermaid, little mermaid is, is one of them. Oh, I didn't like The Little Mermaid. 
What do you think? Well, fine. Beauty and the Beast. Um, Give me one of those. Yeah, okay. Toy Story, whatever you want. Just label it Disney oh, animation. Oh my goodness! That was no, a I wasn't a huge. So I like The Lion King a lot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think there the we go. Uh, newer Pixar movies just knock. The Little Mermaid's not even acceptable now. And Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. I have a huge problem with. <laughs> I have a. I have a huge, what do you? What do you oh, mean? It's not to the acceptable. New ones, not what are you even, talking oh, about? Goodness. Beauty and the Beast. I have huge problems with too. The only one, the only, yeah, the what? only character I liked was Gaston, uh, because he was a cool guy, loved to, lo- you, loved you to hang Gaston. out with the dude, <laughs> loved to hang out with the dude. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know what character <laughs> I am? What the the candlesticks? Is that <laughs> what? No, the beast. So the beast is is a little the beast. That's my favorite <laughs> part. The beast is a little dickbag. So a he's an asshole, right? B he got turned into the beast for a reason. Because he was an asshole, right? And then C, she gets so okay. Kidnaps her. Stockholm syndrome. Uh, kidnaps her father, right? And she's still like, oh, you know what? You're not that bad. And it's like, well, all the evidence points to you are a big asshole. And I don't think you know what the fuck. Nick, 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 you're looking at you're looking through the lens of perfection and not progress. Okay. So if you look through the lens of progress, not perfection, the beast, <laughs> he's trying. He's trying. He was not perfect. I admit that he was he was imperfect enough to get turned into a beast, and then he murdered Gaston at the end, who objectively was trying to rescue two people who were legitimately kidnapped. So, yeah, but. He was, you know, he was weird. He's a weird guy. This is time okay, to go. Speaking of time to go, Joe, it was wonderful having you on. I, uh, <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate you being on for the first one. Uh, that was awesome. I'm really happy how this turned out, and I think I'm gonna enjoy this going forward. Good man. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it because I really enjoyed it. I got to speak at length about how many times have you? And, how many times? Um, have, I'm sorry. How many times? I'm sorry have you if been I went off topic a little bit since you've been back. How many times has someone sat down and let no, you be, tell that story? To be honest. To- okay. a total of four yeah. maybe this is the fifth time right so and it's very surprising but i you know there's so much more to talk right, about it was right. a year's worth of experience maybe i can come back and yeah, you tell you about you, you know riding a motorcycle that into through 45 minutes Vietnam. certainly not um did, did you get any cool story hansels cool story, story hansel story cool yeah story. okay i think i <laughs> no. think you i it's. I think my friends in Seattle are. They're not so much of the. You know, Western. Okay. New York I think assholes. you. I think you. <laughs> they'll. They'll listen to you and be they, like, they "Oh, that's give so you a nice." When they cool really story, like, Hansel. Uh, okay. Good. Um, all right, Joe. Uh, this is the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I'll be back in two weeks.